Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. My guest today is a digital expert, an entrepreneur, an investor, and an individual that is highly respected by his peers as well as those he mentors. He works in the heart of innovation and the insurtech industry. In fact, he is the head of the world's number one insurtech scouting and open innovation platform. This is the FinTech series where we talk about how this tech sector is disrupting the financial industry and beyond. But before we get into that, here is a brief message. This episode is sponsored by Eurus. Eurus Private Capital Forum is transitioning online with on-demand sessions offering attendees the utmost flexibility to access industry-specific content and deals on their terms. Launching this coming February, Eurus 2022 will bring together 100 speakers from across Europe over a broad agenda covering private equity, venture capital, real estate and private debt. For details, visit www.eurusforum.org. Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle Schwitter. Matt Connolly is the founder and CEO of Sonner. Matt has worked in innovation for over 15 years. In his early 20s, he founded a digital innovation agency which worked with household brands around the world and it ultimately grew to become the UK's number one digital agency. He subsequently went on to build and invest in a number of tech startup companies. Recognizing the need to help insurers better adapt and innovate, Matt founded Sona, a leading insurance scouting and open innovation platform. We will talk in greater detail about this organization in the course of this discussion, but to add to this introduction, Sona tracks data on millions of companies around the world and provides intelligence on market trends and competitor playbooks and disruptive tech companies globally. This intelligence is used by leading insurance companies around the world. Matt has a recent publication, which we will share the direct link on his episode description. That is the Sunners World's Top 100 InsureTechs. This was developed in collaboration with ENY, Element and Tractable. A frequent speaker on the circuit, Matt thrives on interaction with like-minded and innovative individuals in the business. Let's now have a conversation on this series. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Matt to Headstock. Many thanks for being with us today. Elaine, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for joining me. Okay, it's um, it's all about InsureTech today on this episode, and I would like to kickstart this with a look at the current state of play. So where are we with this technology, uh, and what is this, this subset of the, the fintech business worth? What is it worth? Well, um, I was going to say the million dollar question, but it's significantly more than that. It's, uh, it's worth, it is, it's worth a whole load. Um, and, and everywhere you look, the stats, uh, the stats will be different and the numbers um, accordingly. But um, something I read even just yesterday was, uh, I think by 27, sorry, 2027, mm-hmm. what's that, five years away just now, it's, um, it'll be worth 120 billion as a sector. But I, I think the, um, I think maybe the first, um, uh, place to start is around actually what is insuretech and um, the definition and therefore how we actually uh, quantify um, and put a value against uh, insuretech. And I think there, there are two um, 
very distinct uh, ways to look at it. Um, th there is a there is a market that is um, I don't know what we want to label. Maybe maybe challengers versus in sh uh, enablers. Or there, there, there are there are a number of companies, there are a number of businesses that have set up that um, are taking on insurance incumbents uh, head to head, and they are putting themselves out there in the market. So uh, one that is, has got a lot of public attention over the last uh, year or so for uh, so, uh, their IPO is a great example is, is Lemonade uh, based out of the US, mm -hmm. um, albeit now operating in, in the European market too. Um, but equally, there, there are a huge amount of enablers. So, so companies that are designed to work in a B2B model with uh, incumbents and, and their entire objective is, is to accelerate the, the transformation or innovation of, uh, of the you know, 100 plus year old uh, industry that we find ourselves. So when putting a value to, to, to the world, it's, you know, are we including those companies that are I don't know, monitoring uh, glucose uh, levels uh, for, for diabetic people, which health insurers yeah. uh, are very interested in and uh, IoT devices that are uh, tracking your, your uh, cargo around the world uh, for the marine insurers, et cetera. So the long and short is that there's a lot of money going into this space. And uh, through our platform, uh, you, you mentioned that we, we track a, a couple of million companies. We, we present about 200,000 of those Mm -hmm. um that are relevant to the insurance world so it's a big old space there's a lot of money there's a lot of money being put into this so mm -hmm. even just um uh, we're, we're talking uh, at the moment in december so the first uh three quarters of 2021 uh you know we we, we tracked 39 billion dollars being invested into uh what we class as insurtech so we take a quite a broad perspective uh, right. of that market so yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on so, 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 the, so the, there is a question around the scope um, in order to define the, the kind of money we're talking yeah. about. So, okay, so how are um, venture capitalists responding to the insurance industry and where do they concentrate their investment? Okay, so we, we predict over 50 billion will be put into InsureTech uh, in 2021. So possibly by the time this is aired, uh, we'll have a, a precise figure on that. But um, they're, they're, they're looking at uh, InsureTech as, as, as the next opportunity. Um, so we, we're seeing, um, and, and we saw this uh, as, as soon as COVID hit, we saw what we call, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the term, uh, VC tourism. So uh, yeah. an awful lot of VC that uh, had been placed elsewhere, so retail and uh, other, uh, coming into the insurtech space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in part because um, the industry um, uh, has that growth opportunity. It's, it's, it had barely changed for, you know, as I say, uh, an awful long time. Um, and we're talking sort of you know hundreds of years um but but also because the, the pace of change now is is one where we, we're starting to see some very high valuated um highly valued kind of ipos uh, exits for those kind of early stage uh vcs etc so where, where are they putting their money um uh, so so a lot of money is going into um the more mature market um so so kind of series b and and uh, above um, in terms of kind of funding rounds. Equally, what we're seeing is, is in terms of the number of deals, so this isn't about the amount of money, this is the number of deals that are taking place, uh, over 50% of those are actually into much more emergent uh, insurtech, so series A and below. And I think that's fascinating. And what that uh, provides for me as a strategist, as, as an analyst in, in, the, in the space, is that, that that's a real signal that uh, this is a market that is that is still on the upswing. So there, there is an awful lot of, of future ahead for, for InsurTech. Mm, from, a, from a geography perspective, because there are different ways to kind of cut the where they're putting the money. 
over half, so about 60% is, is still very much kind of focused on the US market. Um, so an awful lot of capital out there, but we're, we're seeing a trend in uh, investment growth across both Europe and Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of, I was talking about the, the enablers versus challengers. So they're kind of the full stack head to head guys being the challengers. And, and then that's pretty much 50-50. So investment in across both of those. Mm-hmm. With, a, with a tech lens, um, as you're saying, we just published the InsureSec 100. So if you look at the, the companies featured there, it's, it's very much kind of data, AI, API enablement. You know, it's, it's, they're, they're the trends that we're seeing. And then where, where in terms of kind of um, a line of insurance health over the last 18 months, you know, in part COVID uh, accelerated uh, this, this enormously, health is receiving a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There, there's a, there's everything from my head uh, about <laughs> that you could ever possibly want to know uh, for where VCs are concentrating their investments. But um, that, I'm, I'm sure I have made have other questions. That's what I and you just reminded me. I need, I need to get a hold of um, your one of your team, one of your staff, to get that link in order to put it in your episode description of your research. I happily share. Okay. Um, I briefly mentioned it in the introduction. You mentioned it as well in answering your previous question. This is Sona, your your organisation. Now, please tell my listeners about it. Where do you fit into all of this, and and what are some of the current things you're doing? Yeah, sure. So, um, so we position ourselves um, as an insurtech scouting and open innovation platform, which is mm-hmm. how you introduced us. Um, the 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 kind of uh, rationale behind the business and, and what we're able to achieve as a business is 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 based on uh, me as an entrepreneur being asked uh, who is the next AMB, who is the next Uber, what are the trends going to uh, be that are going to affect my industry in the next, I don't know, three years, five years, 10 years, and, and a real inability for me to be able to answer those. And so I went in search of, of data, which is, is always uh, a, good, a good place to start and, and uh, t- turns everything from an opinion to something that's a little bit more quantifiable. And so what I um, took as a thesis was, Imagine, you know, us be, uh, imagine being able to identify where money is being poured in, either at a macro or micro level, where, where VC uh, investment is, is looking to create change in a marketplace. Um, and can, how, how um, detailed can we get into that? So if, if a lot of money is going into, I don't know, let's take some of the tech trends I just mentioned, AI or big data or um, APIs, should, should we be paying attention to that as an industry, whatever industry you're in, whether it's your banking or insurance or other? And, and the answer is probably yes. And let, let's see, understand the use cases, how it maps to, to our business. And, and let's get it a little deeper. So let's take health, let's take glucose, let's take, you know, whatever it be, whatever level we, we kind of get into. Um, and, and can we start to ascertain trends that are taking place in the market and, and divide that kind of near term and far term, and, and, and the answer is yes, using, using that data. And then let's look at, um, let's say, Elaine, you put money into a number of startups and they were all succeeding and I was putting money into a number of startups and they were all tanking. Well, maybe we should put a little bit more attention into where your next investment goes. Uh, you know, back to answering that question, you know, who, who are the, the startups of the future? Mm-hmm. So we, we bring all of that insight and intelligence together and, and we, we put it out through a subscription platform. So we're a SaaS business. Mm-hmm. Our clients, so we work with the, the, the biggest, but, but not exclusively the biggest insurance companies around the world. So the Alliances, the Munich Rees, the Generalis, the Token Marines, the Boopers, the Vitalities, all these sort of household brands when you live and breathe the space at least. Um, and and they, 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 um, their innovation, their strategy, their tech teams, they, they access our platform 
And what they're able to do is they're able to understand better how the world is changing, who are the companies creating and driving that change. And then they're able to connect with them in ways that will then create new opportunities. And, and you know, for, for companies, and if you, if you boil innovation very simply down, they might look to acquire them, they might look to invest into them, or they might look to partner them. Um, and, and, and it really is almost as simple as, as that. And, and so we, we provide the window into the what's going on and who you should be connecting with. Mm -hmm. so that's interesting. Um, the last bit of what you just said was going to be sort of part of my next question. But would you agree that in short term, you know, being the major disruptor that it is, uh, has caused a bigger shakeup in insurance for a long time? Um, uh, well, uh, the length of time is an interesting one. So InsureTech as, as, a, as a term has really only been sort of banded around for the last five years or so. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's all relative, bearing in mind we're talking about an industry that's been around for so long. Um, so yeah, absolutely, over the last few years, I, I think it has, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's created a ripple, but um, if, if we think about even the kind of the rhetoric about five years ago was, innovate or die or um uh you know uh, startups are here to eat your uh, lunch or you know whatever it is you know it's very kind of threatening it's it's you or them and i think actually what we've what we've recognized is so first first of all there's a real awakening to there is a huge amount that we need to do as an industry to advance right mm -hmm. so there are, there's everything from kind of customer demand through to um, legacy systems in, internal to our businesses. So, so we need to wake up and we need to, um, we, we need to change the way that we do our business. That, that, that's, that's a pretty global recognition um, uh, across the board. Then on the, on the other side is, um, is, is a maturing of this innovation function of recognizing actually these guys, they, then they don't pose a threat uh, to us necessarily. There, there are, as I say, sort of half the businesses uh, that are receiving sort of capital and therefore scaling their their products and services yes. are wanting to help us. But when you label them challenges, doesn't that? Yeah, no, so absolutely. So, 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 so the threat. challenges, the challenges do pose a threat for sure. The 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 flip side though is is half of the world of insurtech, if not more, are enablers, right? So so it's yeah. much more how do we work with them to accelerate uh, the businesses? Because because if if you've got a if you've got a great big uh, company that has a huge um, uh, customer base, a huge and potentially loyal, potentially mm -hmm. not loyal, but a huge customer base already being served. If yeah. you can evolve that business versus set up one from scratch, you, you're going to you're going to be doing better, right? So so actually, the, there's a real opportunity, and I and I believe it's maturing, but definitely not there, Elaine. Is <laughs> is that is that these incumbents are now starting to, uh, and, this, and this is almost kind of the second part of what we do. You know, we talked about yeah. insurance scouting and open innovation yeah. platform. Yeah. It's, it's the partnering with these startups, well, gonna, which we're seeing from our clients becoming more and more uh, important to them. They're seeing, are you seeing, uh, that was the question sort of, are you seeing more healthy partnerships as opposed to, you know, the, the bigger beast? doing a takeover, maybe an Austin <laughs> of an insured expert. Yeah, that still happens. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, um, and, and some, some will be looking to, I mean, we, we have briefs coming in all the time saying, actually, we need these capabilities. Can you go and find it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and some, we've heard this from, you know, the big tech uh, companies out there, they, yeah. they, they will buy competitors and they'll just close them down. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, I see. Okay. But, but acquiring acquisitions are definitely on the up. I think yeah. also, there's an interesting part of if, if we think about kind of the incumbent journey. So these are the established players in the market. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked about kind of their, their roots to innovation. Acquisition is one of those. And it's, it's often if, if you think about kind of innovation in any market, again, whether it's, it's, it's broader kind of financial or it's other sectors, 
you know, a, a route to survival is, is buying uh, other companies that, that are uh, able to leapfrog your capabilities and, and put, present a different face to the market or, or do a, present a different business. Um, what's most interesting for me is, is and we've seen in, in 2021 is, uh, is, is that window of buying the best startups is starting to close because you have such heavily capitalized scale-ups. So these are, these are the insurtechs that were mm -hmm. just starting out five plus years ago. Now, now are at a, at a kind of maturation and have such uh, kind of big pockets that they're now buying their rivals or uh, potential kind of enablers that will help their businesses accelerate. And I think that's really interesting because the option of buying the best in class to for the incumbents may not be around so much um, or so kind of uh, available over the coming years. But what we'll see, whether it's incumbents buying them or, or heavily capitalized scale-ups, is there's a lot of money being put out there and the M&A activity certainly is going to be accelerating. All right. Ooh. Exciting times for the M and A. Oh, it is. But you can geek out on this stuff. I mean, who who would have thought that? You yeah. know, I'd, I'd be here doing that. But it's yeah, um, it is it's really fascinating. Uh, it's the speed in which it's moving. That's what gets me. It's incredible. It, it is. But again, that's all relative, right? So so I you know I I was there sort of five years ago at the very beginning of this insurance thing, and mm -hmm. has much changed? I don't know. I really don't. And, you know, and I step back and I, I try and be as objective as as I can. And, and I genuinely don't believe a lot has. There's been a lot of learning. There's a lot of test and learn. Don't you think you're talking to a broader audience, not just those in your sector, um, as a result of the, the speed in which it's changing? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so there's yeah, the broadening out, there's there's maturing of capabilities and understanding of you know yeah. of, of what the future holds. But but I also I also believe that is that is <laughs> and I hope I'm, I'm saying this uh, right, but it's um correctly excuse me, is um is is that over the next five or ten years we will we will now witness that experience that the kind of the fintech movement had a, a cross banking, you know, and I, I really think we're at that one percent uh place mm -hmm. where more is going to happen in the next five to ten years than than anything we've seen over the last hundred. All right. <laughs> in the last hundred. Wow. There, there's your soundbite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, literally nothing's changed. Uh, well, I mean, you know, within reason. I mean, barely, barely, barely changed. I mean, if, if you think for yourself, you know, buying insurance mm -hmm. for your home, for your car, for your, I mean, are you still with those same policies? You know, those same yeah. providers? Probably, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, has yeah. that experience improved? Probably not. I, I think, and I think, I think you should hold that thought because we're going to talk some more about that later on in this episode. Okay. So, but let's talk in in some detail. Let's just get into a little bit of detail on the tech side of things. Um, continuing the the tech detail, AI has reduced, um, for instance, historical biases when trying to get um, insurance for a car. You know, you talked about changing policies and stuff like that. Um, so um, you would probably agree it has made things fairer, but. Who in the supply chain, who would you say has really benefited the most in with this introduction of this piece of tech in the insurance industry? Well, so so ultimately it has to be it has to be customer first and, and it's kind of working from customer backwards. And that, that's every piece of innovation that that I see. But you know, but but if if I was to talk about the where the uh, greatest significance of the application of AI has been within the industry, mm -hmm. I talk about underwriting, right? So, you know, tr try and ask a, a customer to to explain what underwriting is. You know, sort of the man or woman on the street. It's you know, it's 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 a pretty kind of like I don't need to really uh, uh, get my head around any of that stuff. But mm -hmm. but it, it, the AI application within underwriting has allowed companies to be able to to price much more accurately. 
um, relevant to all, at almost kind of a hyper-personalized level of an individual yes. and instantly, right? So, so does the customer win? Some will win, but then actually, if you are a really bad driver or if you've got a, uh, like a, a health condition where you know, we're able to accurately predict the propensity that you're going to develop a chronic condition, well, an insurer is not going to want you on the books. And so they, they're going to overinflate a price or simply you know, not, not, uh, not, not want to work with you. Should they be allowed? Okay, there's there's regulatory conditions that that won't allow for that. But but in terms of kind of the you know all, all innovation across insurance, it's the same again in other sectors. It has to be about um, the the customer winning uh, here. So it has to be a better better experience. It has to be more accurate, more flexible, more you know et cetera, et cetera. And it's um and and so everything ultimately lands up. But where where AI is applied, yes, I mean sort of value chain. Um, so underwriting, um, underwriting and claims. So, you know, so we go, let's keep with the, the car analogy, right? We're, we're loving that. So, um, so tractable, a really interesting business. So uh, you, you download um, uh, the, the app on your phone and you've just had a crash and, and you take a video of your car. And that instantly goes, uh, go, goes into the kind of the machine, uh, where, with, you know, which connects into the insurers. Um, and, and that reads the, the damage that has um, occurred because of that accident. <clears throat> or you look at a business like Plank. So both of these are like top 10 uh, insure sets. Um, you know, and that, that enables uh, insurers to instantly and accurately underwrite any business. So you know, big, big transformations uh, in the industry being able to do this. So I'm just going to have a, a sip of water. It's all right. I'll have a sip of tea while you're doing it. There we go. I'm back. I'm back, Elaine. So yeah. So look, I, I think ultimately it has to be at the benefit of the um, the customer, okay. um, and everything all uh, ladders up to that. But of course, we're we're running businesses that that need to make money on uh, route, of course, as well. But you're only going to be sustainable if um, if what you're providing to the customer is an experience that is uh, creating that value exchange, and they want to uh, to stay with you. Okay. Um, going back to a point you made previously um, about the exponential change, that's got me there. You said it's going to happen in the next 10, hmm. five yes. to 10 years. I, I want to look at that, knowing that that's going to happen. That's your prediction. Um, let's look at um, insurance regulation. How do you think that will affect the insurtechs um, going forward in this, be it positive, negative change? What are your thoughts on this? Um, if I may, I may. Uh, answer it a little bit more broadly as well so i think you know reg regulations applying to, to all um so both the incumbents and and the uh, insure tech so i mean you you never hear a, a good thing about regulation do you no, no one ever sort of high fives the fact that um regulators are, are getting involved um even in fact before answering it, I, I don't know if you saw there was a tweet recently I, I, forgive me whoever posted it because i thought it was wonderful um there was it was about the geographies of um Mapping to re uh, regulation and innovation. It was um, China. <laughs> I hope I've got this right as well. So China innovates, then regulates. Europe regulates, then doesn't innovate, and the US innovates and then doesn't regulate. And I just thought that was wonderful. I, I, you know, because there's so much going on in the world around regulation, and and also we, you know, often these businesses are, are thinking globally. But um. Let's, yeah, let's think about it. So, so I think um, I think there's a there's a lot of regulatory hurdles, and, and they're all there for a very good uh, good reason. And I think the regulators on the whole are actually doing a um, a, a great job out of evolving and innovating themselves. So you see a lot of kind of sandbox environments that have been set up. I feel a butt is um, coming. No, well, I think, but but yeah, yes, yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's go into the butt. But, uh, yeah. but but it's constraining. It's constraining. It's constraining innovation. Um, it's uh, it's it's creating. 
two things. There's a lot of red tape for, for both uh, incumbents and insurer pets. But, but there's also, it's providing, I think, some in, insurance companies, so these incumbents, mm -hmm. uh, almost a bit of an excuse. So they're, they're doubling down, they're focused on, on this kind of regulatory kind of box ticking, ticking excuse me, um, at, a, at, at, at a potentially, and we, we see it uh, across the board, at an expense for, for driving uh, other parts of their business forward. Um, and, and so I think there just needs to be that very fine and delicate balance, but it's always so very difficult, um, especially when you're talking about kind of new uh, technologies yeah. that are coming on board, you know, so, um, you know, the, the need for regulators to ensure the confidentiality of proprietary mm -hmm. data models submitted mm -hmm. uh, for review or um, I don't know, actuarial modeling, you know, when we talk about this hyper-personalization. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, if there are really granular levels of kind of, of data there, you know, of course, regulators are going to be concerned about consumer protect, protection and blockchain and, 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 yeah. and. So yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff for these guys to get their head around. Um, uh, uh, but, but it has to be done. It has to be, it has to be kind of worked openly with, with a mindset that is, we need to drive uh, this industry forward to the, the benefit of, of all. And, and, and then you've got and then you've got red tape coming in from the corner, so that will help as well. Let, let's move on. Um, let's do a quick uh, global comparison here. In, in which country is InsureTech at its most advanced stage? I think you mentioned the Americas, but let's just see what you're going to say with this one. And what has been done there that is not happening at the same rate in other countries? And, and why do you think they've got this lead? Do you think? Yeah, so uh, I mean, the, the you're right. I, I'd I'd answer US, but um, but I'd broaden that out. Um, it, it, I will broaden that out in a sec. Um, so uh, they they have the lead because of the um, capital provision, but also the maturity of the industry in, in its mm -hmm. investment activity. Um, I think you've also got a, an opportunity with kind of going back to what I'm talking about, the kind of the maturing innovation uh, function within the um the incumbents as well so there's there's you know the, the natural kind of uh, connectivity now between between the market and that recognition that we, we can collectively work together you know for, for the for, for the better um interestingly one of the most um exciting markets uh, for me is is the chinese market um and you have some incredible businesses out there so we we've um uh, before in, in a pre-covid world when we were allowed to travel um we, we took uh, we took clients out to uh, the chinese market to to really better understand and connect with the um uh, the insurtechs out there who, who are driving you know real change and we were representing you know sometimes often the uh, the, the biggest of the european or, or even us um uh, insurance companies, and we'd be sitting <laughs> sitting opposite a, scale, uh, a startup who's only been around in market three, three maybe five years, and and they would be talking about the same kind of customer base uh, or, or the kind of EBITDA or and 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 what you realise is China is enormous, and actually they not only is it enormous but from a customer perspective they are they they are much more kind of digitally advanced. It's very kind of mobile first. They 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 accept and and understand the kind of. Um, innovation and, uh, it, and and almost kind of demand innovation in a very different way to the, to the Western uh, customer base does. And so what you have is you have an ability to, to uh, you know, and, and capital is still readily available um, out there. So, you know, that, 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 that's changing somewhat, but you have, you have startups out there that have set up, they, they, they don't need the, um, the global market they don't need to expand into other territories necessarily some some are and some will mm -hmm. um but but there is such a vast amount of um 
opportunity for them in their local market, then actually they, they've taken that. And, and with that comes, because um, also if you think about the data and, and, and the investment that they've made into, into technologies such as AI, you know, where it's, it's taught from schools all the way through to, into university. And, you know, and, and it's just a very different kind of environment to ours. And in fact, the, uh, the number one uh, company on the InsureTech 100 was Zhongan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're, they're a Chinese-based uh, business who, as of next year, are, are stepping into uh, the European market as well. So, you know, super, super interesting mm-hmm. um, insurtechs out there. And, but, mm-hmm. but in, you know, U- US first, uh, China second, then Europe is, is definitely, um, uh, definitely evolving. All right. Okay. Um, you know, we, we've already started um, this question, but I'd, I'd like to do some forward thinking and hypothesize if necessary. Um, it, it's, it is a continuation about what we talked about earlier with the insurance business in a few years time and beyond. I just want to, you know, get my head around what, what it will look like. Um, we talked about what we expect the insurance business to be worth in the future. Um, but let's look at the, um, or insurtech, I should say, worth in the future. But let's look at what the insurance mm-hmm. business could potentially look like in, in practice, you know, the practicalities of it. Currently, <laughs> the, the young generation, you know, the Gen Zs, seem to, to want to do things, uh, you know, you just mentioned in China, everything's sort of not in the traditional interactive way, but more in a digital um, mobile fashion and on their phones. Yeah. Uh, that is their a custom way of getting things done and managing things. And um, they are going to be the decision makers of the future. So surely this, this form of interaction will continue to have its place. And by then, InsurTech will have, I don't know, impacted every part of the value chain in the industry. So. Will insurance management adopt a completely different form to the one we see and know today? I mean, how do you see this looking, Matt? I'd be really interested in your thoughts on this one. Yeah, and it's, it's something um <laughs> kind of keeps me up awake at night. Um, it doesn't <laughs> really, Elaine, but it's um it's something that fascinates me. And and then there is there is no there is no um right or wrong answer because we have to wait to see it play out. What we're able to do is uh is is recognize what trends are driving change in the market mm-hmm. and then uh then attach to, to that insight. Um so yeah, so I mean first first thing to answer is is around um yes, whether it's you or whether it's um you know the next generation uh, coming through is mm-hmm. you know it, you hear about these these challenges. It's it's a grudge purchase that uh, you interact with, you know, a couple of times a year. Either you've made a claim, and that's a pretty uh, unpleasant experience. In fact, mm-hmm. last night I just got a letter through from. I mean, how it happens, I don't know, but it was from my uh, travel claim um, that I wasn't able to go on holiday in. In I think it was March 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a, I got the confirmation. It's it's all going to be paid into my bank account. Uh, in the next three to five days, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, that's over eighteen months late. No. Yeah, but but you know, but that that's insurance, and and we somehow tolerate it. I don't know how or why. Um, and so um, and and it doesn't need to be like that, as you're saying. So so I think um, I think what we what we're seeing is is you know, very soon we we're going to actually know uh what we have insured uh for what protection do we have it's going to be a lot uh cleaner it's going to be a little uh, more obvious yeah. we're not going to get the uh annual letters which say we're hiking your your premium by 400 pounds uh for being a loyal customer it, th- things are going to change but as well as that we're going to be able to do things on on mobile and keep a record of stuff and and whatnot that that's 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 the next couple of years. I, I don't see, I mean, yes, it's innovation. Yes, it's, it's driving the industry forward, but I mean, that, that's table stakes, you know, and, and we, yeah. uh, you know, and we talk a lot around customer expectations and, 
you know, we, we're, we're all Amazon customers in some way, shape or form. And, you know, it's yes. about the next day delivery and immediate kind of digital experience, et cetera. So, so that, that's going to change. I think um, one of the big trends we're seeing, uh, which really interests me, is, um, is called embedded. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but as the name suggests, it's why would I buy a car I'm not sure why we're we're picking on cars today in a in a conversation, but but <laughs> yeah. why why would I why would I buy an object um, and then separately go and find insurance for it? You know why 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 not? You know why wouldn't I buy a car that has insurance included within it? Um, in fact, in, in five ten years, why would I buy a car at all? But well, you, you, you that, that's Amazon. another conversation. You mentioned Amazon, so is this some some kind of Amazonization of uh, of the? Internet? Yeah, I mean, so so Amazon Amazon already in the space, so so. Um, uh, this opens a conversation around big tech, which is one of my favorite hobby horses. So watch House Lane. Um, oh. So we, um, yeah, so before, Amazon, have, Amazon. You should have said that before. <laughs> I would have had a couple uh, of questions, juicy questions. Oh, space, but oh no, let's, 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 let's talk about Amazon. So yeah, yes. so, so Amazon are, are, are absolutely moving into the insurance space. So to a market that, um, uh, well, let, let's answer, sorry, this one first. So, um, so Amazon, Amazon, both in the US and the UK now offer commercial insurance to Amazon sellers. So they, they have gone through the embedded route. They have partnered up yes. with uh, either incumbents or insurtechs, and they now offer um, embedded insurance. They, they offer insurance as you're looking to, uh, to buy something you, uh, you, or you're on the Amazon platform, you're able to get your insurance uh, coverage as well. Oh. Beyond that, they have um, in the Indian market, they have stepped into um, offering uh, car insurance. Uh, through they they invested in originally a couple of different rounds mm -hmm. and then uh, partnered with a company called Akko in uh, A C K O in um in India, mm -hmm. and uh, through Amazon Pay you're able to um, both buy a car but also you're able to insure that car. Super interesting. They're they're moving into the um, the health uh, insurance space yeah. um, in the U S. and they they've uh, recently Ooh. teamed up with the Hilton Group. So, so, so very, you know, uh, offering um, uh, as kind of employee benefits uh, type package. So there's, there's, there's some very interesting um, um, maneuvers. And I think, I think embedded insurance is a trend to come back a little bit on topic there. What, what, what it uh, enables is, is for retailers, for e-commerce giants, um, is, is, is to change the market. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's the distribution play. So, so if I, as a customer, am wanting to get insurer and, uh, insurance and I know you know, I trust Amazon is, is going to be able to give me the best deal or the most uh, personalized to me or whatever it is, mm -hmm. then why wouldn't I get it at my convenience when I'm buying something else? Um, equally, in terms of kind of how this landscape will change and, um, it, it, you know, there's, you've got incumbent versus incumbent. So mm -hmm. you've got who, who is using these enablers the best and who is innovating the fastest. So which of those will be able to succeed and which of those will fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you've got the challenge of full stack. So, so, you know, the lemonades of the world. So all of those, you know, are providing first and foremost, an exceptional customer experience mm -hmm. um, that is very digitally enabled. It has, you know, AI supercharged throughout their business. You know, it's a full brand new uh, tech stacks and no legacy systems involved, etc. So, so yeah. So in terms of kind of trends in insurance management, I think absolutely you're going to have a fascinating uh, few years. But the, the 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 very fact that yes, I'll buy my insurance on a mobile phone, it almost kind of pales into in significance in, in terms of actually what much more um, holistic changes to the market. And um, and I think that's where it's really really interesting uh, for me. And, and what's what's interesting? What you're saying is, I think a previous guest, um, not for this new series, said 
convenience is the new superpower. And that is, that's just so true by based on what you're saying in, in terms of it's all about what is convenient for the customer and let's make it as convenient as possible. Okay. It is. And and and, and I'm just I'm sorry, just last thing on that, because because I think it's also really interesting is it's um is almost kind of I referenced earlier this kind of grudge virtue. So so the convenience is is absolutely key, but but it's also kind of what, the fundamental construct of what is insurance. Okay, so so I look at my health insurance and and um and we, we're moving that the industry is moving uh, mm -hmm. and we see this elsewhere from a from a um one of kind of protecting its customers to um preventing uh, any customers coming to harm in the first place so whether that's helping you become a better driver or advising you better with your financial planning or uh, getting you out and exercising more through the the, the kind of stimulus of of uh, data paired with your your Apple Watch or whatever it be, and I think and I think that 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 in itself, the kind of the construct of this protection to prevention, mm -hmm. I think is also a very interesting thing. So, the, what is the role of an insurer changes from one of of paying out on a claim to actually being there mm -hmm. uh, alongside you uh, through life and and helping you more broadly. And I think that that's also going to be a very interesting trend to to watch and, and see uh, as it mm -hmm. plays out as well. Let's look at the final question on Heads Talk. Uh, it's a two-part question and it will be asked to all the guests on, of this series. Um, so I'm really looking forward to your answers on this one, Matt. So please, I hope you're ready to wow us. Um, let, let's start with this. The app that you cannot do without in the fintech world and why? Oh, look at that question. Um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it um, out of fintech and, and firmly into insurtech. Um, uh, just to just to stay relevant yeah. and, and uh, wholly on point, um, and maybe even tie up what I was just talking about from my health insurer. So, um, uh, whilst we work and love with uh, love many many different health insurance companies out there, please don't uh, be offended when I just talk about Vitality. Yeah. Um, so, the app that I never thought would change my life, which I uh, I've had Vitality insurance for years, um, and it was in lockdown. Uh, as we all started, I don't know if you got involved in the, um, I don't know, what would you call those, you know, the, um, the, the workouts at home, which um, oh. I remember the, the chap who was just brilliant in the UK doing all of those and, and we as a family participated. Anyway, I downloaded the, uh, the Vitality app for the first time. I got my Apple Watch and I, I over the last 18 months, have become an obsessive, um, uh, I don't know, uh, athletes, way too strong a word. What's the word? Uh, just, uh, I don't know, engage amateur Rolf. Um, <laughs> amateur athlete. I don't know what it is, but but but, I, but I've thoroughly enjoyed having a target of getting 40 points uh, a week, whether it's an extra long dog walks or it's going out for runs or it's going to the gym and getting my points for attendance. Yeah. And so I think my vitality up, and I was so very surprised, especially as like a, a kind of insure tech nerd um, and looking at this market where, I, I hadn't realized that, and I've since uh, studied a lot about this, but you know, we, we talk about kind of the, the one or two interactions that a, that, a, that a customer will have with an insurer. And yes. suddenly I find myself almost daily checking in on, on my activity. And, and with that, you get your rewards. So you get money off, if not, I mean, this sounds like a vitality plug now, but you, you get your watch practically for free. You get your coffees, your mm -hmm. cinema tickets, et cetera. Honestly, revolutionary. So, so I'm I'm now in a much healthier, fitter place than I was 18 years ago, which in turn will help vitality. And what, what do I say at this point? And and other health insurance. <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I, I think so. 
that's yeah. why I had to start with, and we love our other health insurance yes. clients too. Yes. Um, Let's make sure we get that in, okay? Right, okay. Uh, part two to this question, uh, what is the solution, I love this question, what is the solution that you think is yet to be developed <laughs> that sits firmly within the fintech world, what's available? I mean, if you want to keep it in short tech, it's up to you, but you know, what do you say? Oh, these are trade secrets, aren't they? Um... <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the, the joy is that we, we have a recognition of um, real gaps in the market, but we also see where the kind of emergent trends are. So we've, you know, we're just extending the, the vitality, I think, mm -hmm. for a different uh, health, uh, health insurer. We just looked at um, kind of trends at us 10 years plus. So I'm going to answer it by telling you um, uh, what we saw, but, but I've got a different kind of answer to, to where the gap is. So what we saw, you know, we're looking at mental health, for example, and, you know, in 10 years out, there's a real trend towards um, investing in graphene implant uh, technology into the brain to, to create um, connections that will help mental health. I mean, like that, that's proper kind of Elon Musk kind of far out crazy, but, you know, genomic testing, um, which I kind of alluded to earlier, if, you know, there, there's the there's the what um, conditions am I going to be susceptible to? And we've seen a lot of that uh, in today's market. But there's, there's a, you know, a business that we saw around um, when, when a couple come together, they can, they can test their compatibility, not compatibility, but they can test their combined genetics to recognize if a future child that they haven't even you know, thought of or tried for, what, what, what conditions that child might have. It's like, I mean, that's proper terrifying sci-fi stuff, isn't it? it? It is, it is, you know. <laughs> what's wrong with a glass of wine and then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> no, that really is. But, but, I, but let me, let me, let me, it's maybe a bit of a plug, but one of the gaps that we saw in the market, we, we, um, we're launching something in, uh, in the new year, um, so 2022. So maybe again, when this comes out, it'll, it'll be in, in market. But so we, we um, it, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a sophisticated bit of technology that applies to kind of AI and, and underwriting and all that, all that kind of stuff that we talked mm -hmm. about. But one, one of the really human um, uh, things that we recognized this year, and, and especially again, brought on by COVID and us all working remotely. And we spoke to, um, it was our clients who were telling us this first, is, is, is they're very, um, they're, they're just the lack of connection because we're not meeting up with our peers uh, in the industry. And, and this goes further than insurance. It's, it's how are we able to stimulate that uh, that connectivity? So so very simply, I just bought a um, you know one of my clients was saying he, he would love to high five to share learnings to, you know etc with with others who are doing similar roles. So we, we brought them together in a group of five people and and they meet up once a month uh, on the on the first Tuesday of every month and and they they you know they they laugh they cry they you know have a good time and um. And so actually we, we then thought mm, there's you know, something interesting in this because for me, it's all about how can we transform this industry and bring people together to drive forward change uh, and actually make this, this world a bit of a better place. So we, we started kind of um, doing that a little bit more. And so we, we bought like, uh, I think well, it's about hundred people. So what are we talking about? It was sort of uh, 15 mm -hmm. or so different groups that then came together, uh, sort of five to seven to eight people. What we're launching on, um, uh, uh, in, in Mijan is, is we're launching something called Tuesday. And, and it's, I don't know really how to connect it, if I even need to connect it to, to Sonar as, as, our, you know, as our company, but all, all it is, is, is if you're looking to meet people. So who, who are you? Who are you looking to meet? For what purpose? Where are your interests lie? And then just bringing together small groups who meet for six months, uh, once, uh, once a month uh, for an hour, whether it's virtually or physically as we're allowed to. And I just think there's something really, really interesting in that. God knows where it's going to go, but there's a definite gap in the market for people aren't able to get to events, even when they do, it's serendipity whether they, they meet those people or not. Matt, so that was a shameless plug. 
wasn't it? Was it, is that is that permitted? It's a brilliant plug. But, but you know what? There's no money attached to it, so so I feel like I'm okay to plug it because it's not a commercial venture. It's, okay. it's entirely free. No, that's fine. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Okay, you saved yourself. You saved yourself in the last minute. Good. Matt Connolly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Many thanks for your time and insights. It's been great fun, Elaine. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash headstalk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.